Hello, my name is Nicholas McInerney. I'm a playwright and lecturer. Ten years ago, I came out. I had been married for nearly 20 years and had two daughters. It was both terrifying and exhilarating. I was about to set out on a journey from one world to another, where I was to reinvent myself or maybe to find out finally who I really was. I decided for the first time in my life to keep a diary. I wrote furiously, without censoring myself, straight from the heart. Ten years on, I want to invite you to come on that journey with me again. Each of these podcasts will include diary entries and a discussion all about our shared experiences coming out as gay and bisexual men, dads, husbands and partners. By sharing our lives, we hope to include yours. The 9th of November 2006. Yesterday, I took my first step into a world that I for a long time have contemplated but never quite had the courage to explore. Having joined an American group called HOW, Husbands Out to Wives, and become part of the UK contingent, which currently number four, I agreed to meet up at a gay pub in Soho called the King's Arms. So at about 7.30, I finished struggling with my iPod, another story, took a deep breath and pushed into a very old-fashioned pub, already packed to the rafters with a crowd of burly, hairy, bearish-looking guys, drinking beer and pulling on cigarettes and doing that thing people do with their phones, which has become a kind of displacement activity, i.e. frantically texting to give the impression they are engaged in very important activity. Apart from a gently camp atmosphere and the presence of free gay listings magazines strewn across tables, oh, and the almost complete absence of women, you'd never have guessed it was a gay pub. Later, around 10.30, I wandered around Paddington Station in floods of tears. Uncontrollable. Hello, welcome back to Rainbow Dads. And I'm here with Deep, Arnett and David, and we're talking about our uh, collective and individual experiences um, of uh, being married, coming out, and being gay, gay or bisexual dads. And uh, in this uh, podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, psych- the psychology, the psychological states that uh, we were in when we came out and how we moved forward from that. We talked a little bit last time about going out and exploring the sweetie shop until our teeth rotted um, and, and that aspect of it. But obviously, there's also, or at least in my, my personal experience, a deep hunger to have a really deep, proper, loving relationship with another man. But at the same time, I was wondering, having got come out and also then caught up in all of that psychodrama of the family 
separating and how distressing that was for everybody and how guilty I felt about it, whether I was in the right state to be able to even consider that. And I wondered how <clears throat> that uh, aspect, um, what your experience was of that aspect. I'm going to start with you, David. So talking about um, relationships with men, I've never had a relationship with a man, so that's always eluded me. Um, but I'm quite optimistic. I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, I think we were talking earlier about uh, love, you know, being in a, a loving relationship. Some people don't experience that at all in their lives. I have experienced that with my wife. So for me, I have been in love and to some extent still am in love with my ex-wife. That's interesting. Um, well, we have a loving relationship, mm. so, you know, we are still close. Um, we spent, you know, 12 years in a happy marriage, so um, you don't just switch the light off, as it were. Um, but with regards to uh, a loving relationship with a man, I'd love to, but whether that happens to me or not, I don't know. Um, I think I probably could have had a, a relationship with a guy when I was in my 20s um, but for whatever reason it didn't happen if it had have happened my life maybe would have been completely different so um, I don't regret anything I've got two fantastic kids and you know I had a loving relationship as I say with with a woman so I have had love in my life it would be nice to have love with a man to experience that um, but it's not the be all and end all okay let me explore some of that a wee bit more because that's mm. really interesting um when you uh, came out and and uh, uh was it moved from one space into the into the other space as it were moved from um, self-identifying as a gay man who was married into a more out gay man did did you feel that psychologically it it did it create problems for you in that sense did you feel a, a kind of conflict that was preventing you from from making that connection i'm just I just want to press you a little bit more about how you felt in terms of your, your kind of psychological state. I mean, I went into, I did some, quite a bit of counselling, and I suspect that's something that's common to quite a few people who've been through this experience. But I just wanted to know a little bit more about your Yeah, well, my counselling was that I um, <clears throat> met these guys through Gay Dad's website. I also wrote a book yeah. about being a gay dad with other, you know, 10 other guys. Uh, and their stories. So that was my, that was my counselling. I didn't uh, feel the, the need to go to a counsellor, but had it not been for that, I think, uh, you know, it would have been very hard for me. Tell us a bit more about the book, because obviously that came, that was a decision that you made. How did you come to even consider writing it? Because at that point that we're talking about when you come out and I was looking for um, other stories of gay men in my situation I couldn't find any um, there were quite a few American um, books about uh, same-sex parenting or adoption or uh, stories about um, sports stars coming out but there was nothing that spoke to me as a gay dad someone in my situation and I quite literally felt although logically I knew it couldn't be the case but I felt that I was the only one that it had ever happened to so I was desperately searching for other guys in that situation. So the internet provided that, got in contact with a group. 
Um, and uh, But because I was looking for other stories and couldn't find them, and I thought, well, I'll write the book myself. So that so going through that whole process of um, you know getting the stories, going through them, rewriting them, editing them, whatever, and hearing other people's stories was my therapy. Um, and I, I think had it not been for that, I would have been in a much darker place. Were well, there particular things that you took from that experience of hearing other people's stories that you... Yeah, particular things that you took from writing the book that you could tell us about now in terms of that experience... Well, the fact that the 10 guys who took part all came from different backgrounds, religious backgrounds, you know, uh, sociological background, backgrounds, uh, financial backgrounds, jobs, whatever. Um, but the theme was always the same, that they'd married the person that they'd loved. Um, and I took a great strength from that because I think as a gay dad, you do feel like you've um, duped someone into into a relationship, i.e. your wife, and that you've not been completely honest. Um, but I, I took specifically from those stories that love wins through and it just happens that the person that you fell in love with was a woman. Yeah. Uh, and as I said before, I'm still in love with that woman. She's the only woman that I've been in love with and she's the only person that I've been in love with. And... Um, yeah, you know, I am a gay man and I'm happy where I am now. Um, but if I don't find a partner, you know, for the rest of my life, then so be it. You know, as I said, a lot of people go through their whole lives with never finding someone. Right. So, yeah, I took the variety of stories and backgrounds that these guys come from. So it's not just a, a particular type of person or a particular yeah. background that you come from. It's right across, right across the board. Um, and that, you know, we, we, we do what we do for the right reasons. Deep, did you feel you duped your wife when you got married to her? Uh, it's quite a powerful word, isn't it? Yeah, and I, 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 say, I say that, but I don't think at the time that I felt that I was. For sure, but I, I absolutely connect with that because that's probably the source of some of but my it's a guilt, guilt, isn't it? Yeah. Guilt yeah. around the breakup of the relationship yeah. in that you meet this person you care about deeply and then somehow yeah. you've... You've you've deceived you see them yeah. and betray, yeah. betrayed them. Yeah. I mean, I, I can only have duped her in a sense that I would have duped myself as well because I didn't know any better. I didn't know my sexuality at the time. Um, it was something that I hadn't faced and come to terms with personally. So, had I been aware, would I have done things differently, perhaps? But actually, if I think back, if I look back, would I do things differently? No, I wouldn't because I loved her very much. I've got two children with her. Um, who we both love very much. Um, we we share a lot in this world together, um, and we had some very good times as well. Um, and you know, when I got married, I never expected to not ever be married to anybody. Uh, you know, not to get divorced with this person. I expected to spend the rest of my life with her. So, so I don't think duping is the right word. Definitely, because it definitely didn't cross my mind that this relationship would ever have come to an end. And what about your psychological journey? Did you ever have to go for counselling? Did you ever, yeah, I mean, yeah. How, how was it for you? So I have had counselling. Um, uh, and was it helpful, of course? So it was helpful to the extent that the first person I ever came out to was a counsellor, um, and I felt a huge weight being lifted off my off my shoulders, and I wasn't even there to talk about my sexuality, but that, that obviously came out at the time. 
Um, one of the things that really helped me during my journey was reading a book called The Velvet Raid. Do you know what I was is, just going to? I was just going to mention. I was thinking of that while David was talking. <laughs> which was uh, so essentially, yeah. it's a, an American psychologist who's been um, uh, working with gay men, um, bisexual men, uh, for for, uh, for a number of years. Who's written his, sort of his memoirs around uh, the journey that most men tend to go through that in his experience. Um, and actually, quite a lot in his book resonated with me. Uh, the, you know, the, the throwing myself in to prove myself to be really good at lots of other stuff, so that it deflects. Um, overcompensating, of, of any, basically. Yeah, overcompensating yeah. on lots of other things, so that you don't have to uh, be accepted. But then, equally, that overcompensation isn't just about my sexuality; it's also about my religious and my racial identity, which was significantly different. So, I felt as though I had to be a role model for people of my faith. I had to be a role model for people of my race. I had to be the best that I could be at everything because I wanted people to see me um, and the people that I resemble um, to be really good and really good at stuff. And you know, uh, hence why I've got my values really are very, very strong. So when we talked earlier about the need to go out and, and find sex and all these things, that for me is not important because my values are very different. They're very, you know, they're held together in a very different light because I want to be the best that I can be. And from if you look at an Indian person, that would be considered as being disrespectful to us. So we just look at it in a different way, I guess. So. Yeah. Okay. And to tell us a little bit more about the counselling, because I do think it's it's helpful to talk about that. Um, explain why you went to the counselling and 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 how that might have helped you in terms of of as you say finally being able to come out. So I went for counselling initially because I was suffering from work related stress. Um, I had a particularly uh, busy, stressful job, uh, but on top of that, it was a time when the relationship with my wife wasn't great. Uh, so that was putting an immense amount of pressure on me. Uh, so essentially it was around sort of how to manage my work-related stress and how to manage my marriage, uh, which wasn't working very well at the time, and, and the realisation that probably it had come to an end, but I didn't know how to end it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that served the purpose up to that point, and I, I never had to see the counsellor again once I said those words of, really? um, you know... I'm gay. And, uh, was that, and she said it's okay. Is that, was that as a uh, response to a question that the counsellor asked? I, you know what? I can't remember the circumstances at all. Okay. I just remember the second. I, I remember very little about the counselling other than that moment when I came out and said the words, I am gay. And it's the first time I've ever, ever said those words wow. to myself, uh, either um, consciously or subconsciously. Um, and for me, that was quite a powerful moment. From that time on, I've got a really good network of family and friends. So I talked to my family and friends because up until this point, I couldn't tell anybody. But then I didn't know what I was telling anybody, um, I, essentially. And I think uh, having said uttered these words and said these words and admitted for the first time, wow, I said it and nothing happened. <laughs> you know, I, wasn't, I wasn't struck down. Um, for me, that was quite a powerful mm. moment. So I therefore then started talking to my friends and family and coming out to people and being able to talk. And that, for me, was really, really powerful. The next time I had to see a counsellor was at the end of um, one of my very early um, gay relationships, which came to an end and okay. came crashing down. Um, and um, so, yes. Tell us a bit about time. that. Tell us a bit about how you, yes, how you went into that relationship. How long had you been 
separate you from your wife, etc., etc., etc. How that 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 aspect of the journey. So, so my wife and I had been separated for a, a number of years before we um, we actually separate. Before we actually ended the relationship, in the sense right. we had separate rooms and we did things separately with the kids. We both worked full time, so we spent very little time together. Um, so it was quite a number of years later, but uh, certainly after I told her it was over, I'd probably met this person about a year later. Right. And, um, and we had quite an intense relationship and were together for about a year. Um, and it then all came to an end. And it came to an end because even though I've always been open about the fact that I'm a parent and I've, I'm a dad and I've got children, um, he he said as a gay man he'd never expected to be in a position where he would have children and I said but you haven't got children I've got children and he said yeah but I, I, it would change my life significantly um, and I don't think I'm prepared to do that um, so for me that was that was quite heartbreaking because uh, you know I've I've always been open about the fact that I have children I, you know um, and for to be with somebody who was that's fine um but he'd never actually met my children because i don't i wouldn't introduce somebody to my children very early on i need to know that i i know somebody intimately and that there's a need to introduce them to my kids and i, I suppose that's probably quite telling because after a year i was going to say i mean still i still met them I, I, I yeah i to me the fact that you hadn't introduced it Introduced him to those children after a year is telling us was, something about. It, it was more about, he didn't want the introduction. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't want to meet them. Yeah, so right, okay. so I suppose that should have been the red flag to me earlier. Yes, absolutely. I guess absolutely. But <laughs> but we always learn after. We are always learn after. We're so the event. wise, aren't we? After the event, <laughs> twenty twenty vision is fantastic in retrospect. Needless to say, I've 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 got better, and the current current partner I have is uh, is wonderful and is mm. great with my kids and. Um, you know, had a really good relationship. So you had that first relationship with this guy, lasted a year. Um, it came, you came out of it. It sounds like it was it had a crisis, and that you came out of it quite distressed. Very uh, distressed. Very distressed. Yeah. Okay. And uh, because you know, I'm thinking I I would talk a little bit about my experience, but yes, and no, I certainly relate to that. And moving forwards on from there, what happened then? Did you? go back on the dating game? Did you say, I'm not going to go near a man ever again? Or Yeah, so the latter. The latter. <laughs> <laughs> Quite dis- disgruntled. Sorry, that was a bit... <laughs> I, needed, I, needed to do, I needed to do a little... So at that stage, I needed to do a lot more work on me and focus on me because I think I'd focused on my coming out and my gay, straight, bi identity. I hadn't actually thought about me this Deep is this is this, this is really important, isn't it? Because as I said, we load everything onto the on the question of sexuality, but of course, our sexuality is just part of that bigger picture, mm. which is ourselves. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. um, so I then came across um, a, a life coach um, who is absolutely terrific in London, um, and he, he, you know, he coached me through um, some of the issues that I had that were actually my issues. Uh, that I hadn't dealt with because sexuality is only one part of us. Mm. There's a lot more to, uh, complexities to a person. Um, and I think that's what I overlooked because I thought, oh, coming out gay means it resolves all the issues. But it it didn't because I've now I've now reconciled with the fact that I identify as, and I, as bisexual. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've managed to love myself, look after myself, focus on myself. 
Um, and it's funny because, you know, when you say, I don't want a relationship ever again, it's always the, the, uh, happens, it's, a, it? it's at those moments where you go, I'm never going to touch a man ever again. And, and then you fall over one <laughs> 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 and they go, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. And, and yeah, so I had, yeah, so I, f I found a very loving man, um, had a very good relationship. And um, yeah, so. And are you, are you guys still together? Yes. Wow. How long is it? How long have you been together? So we've known each other for four years. Um, the, we have a slight hiccup. We don't live in the same country, so we're, uh, um, okay. but we will come out, overcome that issue in the future because um, obviously I have children that I have to bring up at the moment. So this is a, this is a long, distance long distance relationship. relationship. Now this is very interesting. Um, how do you, yeah, tell us a bit about that because that presents kind of a very particular challenges, I think. Yeah, so you, so you could call it challenges, but you could also call it exciting because uh, we get to have lots of holidays visiting one Fabulous. another. Um, so it's across the pond, back and forth from the US. Uh -huh. um, and it, uh, it, it, it it has its challenges, but at the moment it's a case of, uh, you know, we know we can't live together because he doesn't want to move to the UK. He's been over many times and can't reconcile with moving over here. Um, and But I'd love to move to the US, but I can't because I have uh, my children to bring up at the moment yeah. um, and I'm their parent, so I need to be here. So my kids want to move to the US, so once they finish their, they would be happy to go now. I won't let them go now. Uh, once they finish their <laughs> education, they may well move over. So yeah, so we'll see how it goes in the future. Wow, so you could be making a big move. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, yeah. Fantastic. That's really great. Good to hear. It's lovely to hear. Arnett. Mm. I'm full of thoughts now. <laughs> it's so fascinating listening to, to these stories. Yeah. It fills my head. Um, and I'm trying to remember what the original question, <laughs> the question was. was. I suppose uh, what I was interested in was exploring the, the kind of the fallout mm. from coming out. And, you know, there's, there's sex and we can all fill our cup until it runneth over with all those exciting things. But actually what we're looking for, of course... Is that relationship, and I wondered if how that psychological for you psychologically how yeah. that journey continued, yeah, yeah. and 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 what were the challenges, and also yeah. and, and how that worked out for you. Uh, what's what's really resonating for me, sitting listening to to Deep and David, is is that memory of of the family that I was a part of, that I'd had this relationship. For, for a very long time with, with this woman and you know there was definitely love in that relationship and that sense of being contained in a family and then what happened after that I moved out I moved out very quickly afterwards and I, I made a decision to to buy a property and because Finances were very, very tight and difficult. I, I bought an old property that needed lots of renovation. Um, and I can remember sitting in this house in winter that had no central heating, no heating, and the windows were falling out. And, and there was ice in the sink in the kitchen because it was so cold and thinking, what on earth am I doing? On my 50th birthday, Christmas Eve, sitting alone in, in this house. Mm. Because one of the things about being a parent is that so many of your friends are friends that are connected through your children. You, you build your social network 
very much around the children. You know, your children are young, you meet other families with young children and they grow up together and you grow up together as families. And, and I guess it's not unique to being a gay dad, but just in terms of separating. When you separate and you step out of that and you're not the person with the children, it's how do you then relate back to those families and the couples with the children and the, the gatherings that would happen around those families and suddenly you're not a part of that. Mm -hmm. And so as well as stepping out of my family, it felt that I'd stepped out of my social life as well, mm -hmm. of the social networks that I had. And, and it wasn't that people were rejecting me it was more that I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't know how to approach these people. I didn't know what their reaction would be. It's, a comment, it's a comment on how our social roles prescribe yeah. our feelings of validation, that if you're a husband and a father, you go to a social event at school, yeah. that's who you are. Yeah. You're Tom and Jenny's dad. That's right, but, yeah. but layered over that was <clears> the fact that the reason I had stepped out was because I was gay. And... I, I, I wasn't going around with a big banner around my neck saying, hey, I'm a gay man. I, I still was very careful about who I said that to. I was very careful not to expose my children to pressures of you know, people at school knowing, hey, your dad's gay and, and their friends. And so, so I was very care I was very worried. Yeah, about who I spoke that to. And so all of these things put barriers between me and you know, that social network that I knew. So, so I did go into a really, really dark place, which was, it was, it was two, you know, two real contradictory places. On one side, I absolutely maintained a sense of glee and pride in the fact that I'd had the courage to step out mm. and stand in my identity as a gay man. But on the other side, there was an intense loneliness that I had. And to some extent, there was at times almost even a hatred of the fact that I was gay. And it was sometimes I would think, why, why the hell am I gay? If I wasn't gay, none of this would be mm. happening right now. So mm. if I wasn't gay, then actually I could have just stayed with my family and everything would have been fine. I wouldn't have financial problems. I would have this, you know, my family unit around me. My children would be with me. I'd be reading stories to my kids at mm. night. And yet here am I sitting in this bloody freezing house mm. all alone. And so there were times where I was real, and it was a really dark point where I, you know, I was very actively contemplating suicide. Right. Did, were you seeking any help? Well, that was the point. That was the point that I went back and went to the doctor and, you know, got some counselling through that. But isn't it ironic, thinking of suicide, which in my view, with the, you know, I, and I have personal experience of mm. this, is the would be the worst thing you could ever have done yeah. for your children. Yeah. I mean, just the worst. It's yeah. the gift that keeps on giving. You never quite get over that, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's... But you certainly were making things hard for yourself, aren't it? You bought a house that was required huge amounts yep. of work. Maybe the house was a kind of metaphor for yourself, you know. 
these rattly windows yeah. uh, 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 and this kind of ice in the ice in the sink. You know, maybe that was a kind of your personality, kind of writ large. Yeah. You know, and it needed all that work and nurturing mm. and love and cherishing mm. uh, and kindness, because I think that's something that we do take away. From. I I'll come to my experience in a bit, but when you talk about how you felt. I can feel that you took kindness away from mm. yourself to, yeah. and that blame and that guilt and that was yeah. something I certainly and, felt very and, strong. And it's interesting because I, I listened <clears> to what Deep said just now and when he said the thing that he hadn't done was to actually look after himself mm. and to think about himself and what he needed in the whole. Mm. And I think what I was doing in buying that house, my preoccupation at that time was I need a place that my children can come and visit me. I need a place that's big enough for my children to have their own rooms in this house. And I just really was not thinking carefully and I wasn't thinking about what do I need in this time? And the reality that actually I needed to put myself, in hindsight, <laughs> into a... Uh, a place where actually I could nurture myself and take time for myself and work through what this meant for me and what this meant in terms of my relationships with my children and my partner that I'd left. And I didn't do that because I was thinking about everybody else. Well, again, my... don't you think that part of you, one thinks, I've come out, I've done this huge thing, mm. I've taken this... A time yeah. for myself to make this huge statement about myself. I must now get on with trying to make everybody else yeah. come to terms with that. I'm, I'm now responsible for all of those people's journeys in coming to terms with the decision and yeah. the announcement I've made. Yeah. When, of course, in, and that's a very parenting yeah. attitude to do, attitude to have. So that's very. I think we, everybody's nodding heads here. Mm. I think we're all mm. relating to that. Yeah. Somehow yeah. you have to make it better. Yes, yeah. for everybody exactly. else. Well, because exactly. you, fu you fucked up, yeah. you know, in yeah. a sense. And it and might be just carry on as normal. <clears throat> yes. And let's not talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Because for <laughs> don't mention the war. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For a few months, uh, I stayed with uh, a colleague of mine, um, who you know, really kind man who was divorced, and he had four children and he had a house and he, he, he let me have a room for a few months to, to stay in and and I, I know that my children, you know, they were welcome to come and be there with me but I know that they felt that it wasn't my space that they were coming into uh, and that was a real driver for me about I need to have my own place where the children can come and it can become their second home mm. uh, and so that that became a real important bit for thinking given the turmoil that you were going through how present were you for your children during this time well in hindsight not yeah no i that's the ironic thing is that i was doing these things for my children but my head was i don't know where mm. really and uh, it it took a few years for for things to really settle down and so what made you seek out help? What made you not do this mad, terrible thing and, 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 it was, and kill yourself? It was the moment of uh, driving home from work one, one dark winter's evening and, and actually 
thinking about okay how much rope do I need I, I, I yeah there were some beams in the attic yeah. in the house that I was in you were starting and, to work out and the I'd actually started to work mm. out the logistics of how much rope do I need because actually these beams were high enough I could you know put some rope around it and actually I could you know finish it quite easily up there and and actually it was that vision of my children and how they would receive that and how Actually, I couldn't do that to them. That was the point made me make the phone call. And who did you phone, Arnett? I phoned the doctor, yes. made an appointment with the doctor, and the doctor was really great. And I, yeah, in, in the telephone call initially with the doctor, I said, look, I need to talk to you. I'm concerned about counselling. And they said, um, yeah, I said a little bit about my situation. So they, they booked me a, a, a double session. Um, at the end of their surgery so that there wasn't a pressure of time and and I went and I just spoke through the whole thing and, and that's when they put me through and referred me through to counselling um, and, and that was really helpful because it was CBT um, Cognitive, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, therapy. Yeah. Um, which wasn't into exploring all the background exploring all of the baggage but actually just helping me to focus on what do I need to do proactively to get me to next week mm. how do I just move my self forward step by step and uh, so I did that for 10 weeks and then uh, a little bit later I went back and had some more counseling which focused on the relationships in my life and exploring you know which relationships were really important and what I was giving out in terms of those relationships. And that was really interesting. So talking cure, did you have any medication prescribed? I didn't, no. Is I, anyone, I, I mean, I've, It was I've, offered to me, but I, I made a clear choice I, not I really to. fought uh, having antidepressants mm. uh, prescribed and then not actually immediately after I came out, but actually several years ago when things were, I felt things were particularly bad, I, I did uh, take citalopram for about mm. 18 months. And I'm not sure yeah. what effect it had or whether it was a placebo effect, but certainly uh, things did slightly improve. And I, you know, that it's important to know, but that's yeah. also available for people. Um, my, I really connect with this notion of, the, you know, the, 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 the good, the bad father mm. who had done this terrible thing to his family um, my children were so desperately upset, as I said uh, before in the previous podcast, they got to the point where they refused to talk to me and they wrote me this letter nine days after I buried my father. I think that was probably the lowest the lowest point and we, we had some counselling together. I mean, I felt overwhelming sense of guilt of breaking up a family. Mm. Um, did anyone else just connect with that awful yeah. sense of... Yeah, guilt is huge. The mm. guilt is... Yeah. is crushing at mm. times mm. Uh, and I tell you the thing that really slayed me and still does is when someone says something kind to you I would just go you know somebody would ring you up and say something nice or just a small kindness mm. Mm. And that really really whew, it just completely pulled the rug from underneath mm. me it's that, wonderful, it's that wonderful line in Clockwise that John Cleese he says the despair I can put up with it's the hope I can't stand <laughs> And there was a time when you just were so, you just, you were just so caught up in that terribly negative view mm. of how you were that if anyone did anything kind for you, yeah. 
people people used to say to me you're so brave to do this and it was the last thing on earth that I felt. Yeah, let's talk about bravery because people say that to me and I think a lot of people say that to you and often it's a precursor to them starting to talk a little bit about what's going on in their lives because one of the features of coming out is that suddenly you're a confidant for other people's relationship issues. But let's talk about bravery. Did you ever feel did you ever feel brave? Did you feel brave? Deep? Um so at times I did, but at other times I didn't. Um, when, it, when did when would for example when would you feel brave? So I felt brave certainly when I was decisive and I put my needs first because I knew that however hard it was going to be on my family, um, I I need to make sure that I'm in a good place to be able to look after them, and I wasn't in the right place to be looking after them in the in the relationship that I had at the time. Uh, with the person that I was living with, even though we were separated. Um, right. We had little to do with each other. I felt as though I needed to be honest to my children about who I am as a person. I needed to be able to be authentic with them. Um, and when I can be that, I feel brave because I feel you know, incredibly proud that I can be open with my children and they know who I am, rather than having to put on a mask and pretend to be somebody else. I don't want them to get to know somebody who's their father that they that is not the real person. Yeah. And yet, arguably, that's how most people do live their lives, I think. Um, how about you, Arnett? Do you have, did you feel you were brave? I, I would you know, listening to you now, I mean, yeah. I think you were incredibly brave. I would absolutely you know. echo what Deep was saying. I, <clears throat> for me, the decision to step out of my family and to step into my identity as a gay man it did feel brave. It felt that I, I, I needed to make that step so that I could be true to who I am for my children because I, I could feel growing you know, this growing inside of me in my relationship. And for the last two to three years of my relationship, you asked me about being present for my children afterwards. But actually, I think for two to three years before my relationship finished, I wasn't present for the children either because yeah, absolutely. I, I had this it. growing sense of confusion inside of me. So, this preoccupation, it's yeah. something that hangs around like a black cloud above yeah, your head. Yeah. So, so stepping out was, was, in a sense, that first very brave move that I did. And then yeah, a number of times yeah, at the beginning, the speaking it to other people, telling people at work, telling... Mm. Yeah, the you know, the the head teacher at my child's school about this, uh, so that they would be able to to deal with anything that might happen around my child. Those moments, the other really big brave moment for me, um, was when I first brought my my first you know big boyfriend my first you know significant relationship i had uh, was with a guy in london and i was at the time doing some work in london so my relationship existed in london mm. and then i made the decision to actually invite him back to my home mm-hmm. in plymouth and to spend time with me and my children and and that was huge for me to make that decision to do that. Um, so, did, yeah. Tell us how that felt when that that day that you, uh, you. I was nervous, excited, um, proud. Uh, I, I was 
I was excited to introduce him to my children. Um, I was really worried about how my children would deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was just this this sense that this could be the beginning of a new reality mm-hmm. of me as a gay dad having a boyfriend and us being a family together i you know sitting around the table with my children with my boyfriend having dinner together or watching tv or going to the mm. cinema together or going for a walk just doing those normal things that i used to always do as a father mm-hmm. in a family and actually well, here was a chance that i could do that Again. Suddenly there was a possibility. Yeah. It's like a, like a, like spring with flowers yeah. coming above right. and new yeah. flowers coming uh, and, through. And I mean, that first relationship, you know, well, we lasted for, for nearly three years, but that did finish. Um, I'm now in a relationship which is is moving on for four years now. Fantastic. My partner lives with me. He describes my four children as his stepchildren, even though two of them are older than him. <laughs> and and it's wonderful. And there's a real genuine acceptance Fantastic. both ways. David, bravery. Yes, bravery. Is a, <laughs> Wait, did you feel you were being brave? No. And I think uh, I, I think bravery is something that other people put on you. Ascribe they give you, you a label, yeah. say that you're brave. I felt probably the opposite of brave. I felt cowardice, really. Why but that you, was all well because I didn't do what I should have done probably years ago, and uh, I think it's all it's all tied up with guilt. Um, so I didn't feel that I, what I did in coming out was particularly brave. You know, it was something that I should have done. So therefore, it oh. wasn't brave. I actually feel more brave doing things like this because yes. this is far more nerve wracking and it's far more putting your soul out there and, and laying your cards out on the yeah. table uh, for all to see and for people to judge you. Uh, so it's far more brave, I think, doing something like this. And all writing a book. And uh, yeah, and writing a book. But Absolutely. that was that was part of my process of therapy and coming yeah. out and coming to terms with who I am. And that's not. Uh, you know, that's not something that has happened within a year or two years. I mean, it goes on. Mm. And the more that I find I'm in situations like this, talking about my experiences, and, you know, talking with other guys who've had similar experiences, it all helps. It gets easier. And it gets easier. And you get to learn to love yourself and like yourself. Mm, yeah. And that you are okay. And that you, your life is valid uh, uh, and that you are, you know, you have much as much standing in the world as anybody else. Um, but at that point, which we're talking about coming out and, you know, did you feel brave? No, I didn't feel brave. I think this feel, that self-worthlessness is a very, very powerful thing that one can sl- slip into easily. I want to finish on something that my ex-wife said that was, I thought was brilliant. We were going through turmoil, you know, usual agonies. She would sometimes... When we before we separated, I remember once she in bed, she leant over to me and whispered in my ear, The time to be happy is now. Um, and of course, she's right. Um, but what she did say, one of the things that I clung on to is that with children, we have to model the behavior as adults that we would hope that our children might be able to adopt if they're presented with similar kinds of situations. So, respect compassion, kindness, all of these things are really important. And 
it was something that I clung on to even in the darkest moments because I thought that whatever else happened between the two of us, we really tried to model that behaviour for our children. I want to thank David, Arnett and Deep for this fantastic podcast. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, and uh, the Rainbow Dads look forward to uh, talking to you about another subject very soon. Thank you. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this podcast and wish to speak to someone, please ring Switchboard, the LGBT plus helpline on 0300 330 0630. Calm words when you need them most.